we will rejoice and be glad in it. So we give him praise for the opportunity that we have to come and can freely worship him without any restrictions or hindrances or looking over our shoulders as some of our brothers and sisters in other countries have to do today. They can't have the freedom that you and I have to worship the Lord openly. So we treasure the privilege that we have. We treasure the opportunity that we have. So let's go before the Lord and invite him to do something new in each of us today. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for the privilege to come into your house, to gather in your name, to worship you. As we come this morning, Lord, we thank you for a new day. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your loving kindness, which is better than life. We give you thanks for this day. We bless your holy name. We invite you, Lord, to do something special for each one today. You've promised that we're two or three gathered in your name. There you are in the midst. So we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Now, Lord, be glorified in this place today. Be exalted and be lifted high. Have your way this morning. We pray that no one watching us or, or here today would leave the way they came. But the Spirit of God will do something supernatural in each life. That your name will be glorified. That you will be exalted and lifted high. And we thank you for hearing and answering. And all God's people says, Amen. All right, let's welcome the worship team. Now that was for the worship team. Can we give it up for Jesus Christ? Can we give it up for Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Yes, the way maker, the miracle worker, the one who has kept us, the deliverer, the protector. You know, sometimes I know we come in on Sunday morning and we have, we are sometimes disgruntled about a couple of things. I met someone this morning who came in from work at 5 o'clock, and they're here. Amen. So I don't think we have very much to be disgruntled about this morning. Right? Can we give him the highest praise this morning? What's the highest praise? Hallelujah! Yes, hallelujah! Thank you, God. Musicians, when you're ready, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give him the highest praise, for he is worthy to be lifted up. Give him the highest praise, for he is worthy. Come on, give him the highest praise. Give him the highest praise, for he is worthy to be lifted up. Give him the Worthy 
should be hearing my altos and my sopranos. We're going to try it one more time. Come on. Praise him. Praise him. Come on. That's better. Yes. Living hope. 
the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is Glory, God is what I 
Aleluia. 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 Aleluia, Jesus. Aleluia. 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 Aleluia, Jesus. Aleluia. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 There's nothing like you, Lord. There's nothing like you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't move from that key where you were. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we just incline our ear? to the song of the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Forever and always, my soul will sing. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Forever and always, my soul will sing. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Hallelujah, my soul sings forever. Forever and always, my soul will sing. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, my soul sings. Oh, hallelujah, my soul sings. Oh, glory! Hallelujah, my soul sings. Oh, forever and Hallelujah! 
someone help me sing it, lest I forget, lest I forget.
lest we forget thine agony. Lest we forget that you went there for us. Lest we forget it was not about yourself. It wasn't because you sinned or because you had a price to pay for yourself. But it was because of us. Why you went to Calvary. Oh Lord, help us not to forget this morning. But to remember the debt that we owe you, that we actually owe you our lives. Because Lord, sometimes we get caught up with the things of this world and we forget. We forget what it is all about. We forget what you did for us. But this morning, we thank you for the reminder. Because we don't want to forget. We want that reminder. We want to remember because that will empower us to keep on serving you the way we should. Because you're deserving of it. And you're worthy of it. Oh, great and awesome God. We acknowledge that you alone are God Almighty. We acknowledge your sovereignty this morning. We acknowledge that there is none beside you. There is none like unto you. And as we come before you today, great and awesome God, we want you to know we appreciate you. We appreciate you, Lord. You have done so much for us. You have been so good to us in so many ways. We can never thank you enough for how good you have been to us. Thank you for your graciousness, for your mercies, for your loving kindness, for your second chances. Oh God, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Faithful in providing, faithful in protecting, faithful in watching over us. You have been faithful, oh God. And we give you thanks this morning. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Never do we want to be ungrateful. Never do we want to not, to not say thanks. We always want to thank you. So this morning, God, receive our thanksgiving offering to you today. As we offer it up to you with a pure heart, as we offer it up to you this morning, willingly, gladly. Great and mighty God, will you breathe afresh upon us today? Revive what needs to be revived. Renew what needs to be renewed. Refresh what needs to be refreshed. Rekindle what needs to be rekindled. Restore what needs to be restored. But work in us, oh God. Work in each heart, in each life. Work in those watching us by the world wide web. Those that are here, we pray. We humbly come before you this morning. Looking to you as children look to their father. Acknowledge your inadequacies and our shortcomings. Not covering over our sins, oh God. But asking your forgiveness this morning. Forgive us of our sins, God. Forgive us of our sins of commission or our sins of omission. Forgive us of our sins that we've committed by our thoughts, our words, and even our actions. Lord, forgive us this morning. We ask you to sanctify us again. Cleanse us. Apply the blood of Jesus. That washes us and makes us clean. 
Lord, we want nothing to hinder our prayers from coming up unto you. So we ask you today, forgive us, we pray. Forgive us as a congregation. Forgive us as a church, we pray. Forgive us, Lord, where we have strayed and drifted. We ask you to bring us back. Holy God, righteous God, you know our hearts. You know us today. Lord, we ask you to do what in us, what only you can do. Do for us, certainly we cannot do for ourselves. We need you, Lord. We need you. We need you, God. We need you. Living Word needs you today. Oh, Spirit of God, fall afresh upon us. Revive us again, God. Renew us again, God. Oh, Spirit of the living God, do a new work in us today. Breathe afresh. Breathe afresh. We pray for that anointing that will destroy the yokes. We pray for that anointing that will breathe life and do Life into that which is dead and let it come alive again. Great and awesome, God. We thank you that you're faithful to hear and answer prayer. We thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you for what you're going to do. Remember this nation. Remember your people. Remember the leaders. We pray you'll grant them wisdom. May they pass laws that are just and fair. That you may live peaceable and quiet lives. We pray for those that are sick in body. That you'll bring healing because you are the great physician. We pray for those that lead direction today. That you'd order their steps and direct their path. We pray, Lord, for every situation, every circumstance that you know your people are in need of today. Because you are God Almighty. And we don't have to retell you everything because you already know everything. You already know what we have need of before we ask. So even today, oh God, minister to the needs of your people. And we give you thanks for the answer. And we thank you for that which you're doing right now. But we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people says, amen, amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a big hand this morning. Praise God. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We serve an awesome God. And he's worthy of praises. He's worthy of glory. He's deserving. Of all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. Amen. Well, let me, uh, in a little while, we're going to go to breaking news. But just before we do, I want to uh, just remind you of a couple of things. And then I um, want to remind you that uh, this evening, the young people have their concert. So don't forget that. And you can still get tickets for $5. If you leave them until this evening, you're going to have to pay $7. So. I got my own tickets, so I don't want to pay $7. I'm paying $5, so I got my tickets already. They don't mind you getting your tickets early. So you get your tickets, and it's going to be a wonderful time with them this evening at 7 p.m. And then the ladies are having their very special uh, pre-Mother's Day special, which is on uh, Saturday, this Saturday, right? Ladies, this Saturday. Amen. Sat this Saturday coming, which is the 13th. And uh, they're going to be having this, and, uh, and you don't want to miss out on that. So there is a, a registration uh, form on the welcome table. You want to register for that, and uh, so they know how many are coming and, and so forth. So please, uh, young ladies as well, especially, they're targeting you, and they're going to have some pampering sessions, I understand. And so you don't want to miss out on what 
is happening there. It's camp time again. And this year, camp is going to be in Homestead. Uh, one of our open Bible churches has a beautiful camp down in Homestead. And uh, we are going to, I went down there, to, I took a look at the camp. It's a great place. We're going to have to be by ourselves. And for those of you who are going to be, you're going to love this one. We're going to have back our own special chef. And so uh, I know the young people, when we had our own chef, they, they had such good food. That was the best thing for them for camp, I think. Um, but we're going to have our back again because we have our own camp by ourselves. So this is going to be an awesome camp. And we are, we're, we're working on the camp fee. And the camp fee this year, instead of $220, camp is $100. How about that? So camp was $100 for, adult, for the kids and $75 for the, uh, for the uh, counselors. And uh, what we're going to do, we're gonna, we haven't told you what the transportation cost is yet, but we're going to figure that out. But uh, we're going to have a very special concert here. So all the churches are coming together here on July 7th. And the concert is to raise money to pay for the food so that we charge for camp only $100. So that was what we did as a district. So we decided that we're going to keep the camp fee low. We're going to do a concert with all the talents we have in the district. And so all our churches are coming on July 7th. It's a Friday night. And we're going to have a great, what is called a talent showcase. And this is going to be great for all the churches or Hispanic churches and English churches all coming together in the district. And uh, we're going to raise funds from that concert to pay for the food. And then so that's why we're able to keep camp costs the way it is. Now you want to sign up for camp as soon as you can, and the, the, the forms are outside, and they have all the necessary forms with it. Uh, all that you need, the allergy forms and, and all the other forms are there, so you want to make sure you get your forms and begin to sign up for camp. The deadline for registration is May 30th, so you want to start doing that as well. Well, we also have coming up, remember we had uh, another Friday, that movie? Uh, that, uh, that Jamaican fi film. Well, they're, they're coming back. They, brought, they did a new one. It's called 70 Times 7. And you can tell us somewhat about what that's almost like. 70 Times 7. And that's going to be on May uh, the 26th. That's the last Friday in this month here. You've got this in your program. You Everybody got one of these in your program? Okay, you have that. So that's your little flyer to take with you. And you can, tickets are readily available at the bookstore, you can pick them up outside, and you notice there's a price for that, uh, pre-admission, it's pre-sold for $10. Now, those of you who had your ads, and you got your sponsors to give you an ad, and it's in the magazine, you can pick up the magazine with your letter, thank you letter to your sponsor, right after the service, outside, they'll be there. If you did five ads, you'll get five magazines. If you did three ads, you get three magazines. So, there's, an, uh, there's a magazine for all your sponsors. And we want to make sure that the sponsors get the magazines because there's a thank you letter in there to them. And we want to make sure you deliver that so that they know we appreciate their support for us. All right, let's see what uh, they have for us upstairs. And then I'll be back later on.
Morning Church, I'm Danelle. And I'm Brett, coming to you live from LWOBC Studios with some more breaking news. The women's ministry will be having a pre-Mother's Day fun trip on Saturday, May 13th at 4 to 7 p.m. in the Original Sanctuary. Make sure you come out to join us women for an uplifting afternoon. Mothers, make sure you come out with your families on Sunday, May 14th for the 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Mother's Day service dedicated to you. You don't want to miss out on the special giveaway for all the mothers. Youth, it's that time of year again. Youth Camp! Yeah, that's right. Registration deposits for Youth Camp are due by May 30th. Youth Camp will be held from July 23rd to July 27th. It will be a very exciting year and will include many different activities such as basketball, swimming, campfires, and much more. So don't forget to sign your kids up for an amazing experience with God. Our annual Youth Extravaganza will be, drumroll please, Tonight! At 7 p.m. Tickets will be available outside after service for $5. This will be your last chance to get the pre-sale tickets. At the door, tickets will be $7. We will be accepting cash and card. Make sure you come out and support and bring a friend. By the way, food will be sold after the program, so make sure you bring a little bit more of that. She means money. <laughs> That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. And, and have, have a blessed day. Amen. That's our young people for you. That spice things up, isn't it? Amen. That's why you got to hang out with the young people. They'll make things spicy for you. Amen. Praise God. All right, so you got a lot of stuff. There's also so many things happening. Uh, right after Mother's Day, that following week is going to be the week of Keswick, uh, where all the a lot of churches, several churches are coming together here in South Florida, different denominations, churches working together. And we're going to be having a very special week of uh, Deeper Life meetings. These are Deeper Life meetings. And it's going to be at Cooper City Church of God. And uh, we pick, that's a venue pick because it could hold as all of us. And so you will, you'll have these flyers on the outside. You want to be able to get that. But I want to remind you about Third Friday Prayer. I want to keep talking about it every Sunday and every Tuesday. I'm going to remind you about Third Friday Prayer because I want us to make sure we don't forget this third Friday prayer coming up. And so don't forget that. It's coming up not this Friday, but it's coming up on third Friday. And so you look out for when that is. But the third Friday is going to be, anybody know what date that is? Okay. Let me help you with this. Okay. What, was, what date was Friday? Friday was the fifth, right? Everybody get that? Was the fifth? You're not sure? Friday was the fifth. Then you add 7 to that, that's the 12th, that's this Friday. Then you add 7 to that, and how much is that? Very good mathematics. So now we know that the Friday, the, fr the, third, the third Friday is the what date? Is the what date? Tell that side over there. 19. All right, so everybody gets what third Friday is. We're not going to miss it. It's the 19th, and we really need to come together to pray. All right, having said that, Let's take a time out to welcome our first-time guests uh, that are in with us this morning. If you're visiting with us for the very first time, we want to welcome you specially. And so we are not going to embarrass you, ask you to speak. We just want to identify who you are. If you'll stand, we'll give you a living room Bible welcome. Anybody for the first time? Any first-timer? All right, let's get him a big a young man, a big hand. All right, welcome. Good to have you with us. Praise God. And you get a welcome packet. You want to open that. And in the packet, you'll find a, what we call a connection card. If you'll complete it, and there's a prayer request 
where you will be able to write on the back of the card and drop it in the offering bucket when it passes by later on this morning. All right, so I want to encourage you to invite some people. Remember, you know they said 80% of the people in America say they would go to church if somebody would invite them. So maybe if you say you're inviting, you're, you're keep inviting the same people. You need to invite some other persons. Because 80% of the people says, by survey, that they would go to church if somebody would invite them. So that tells us we, we're not really inviting as much as we think we are, and we tend to forget it. So we're going to keep reminding you to invite someone because they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I was, with a con I was at a conference in Dallas two weeks ago, and um, I was sitting beside a pastor, and he, he told me that he heard about Christ in prison. He'd never heard about Jesus Christ before he went to prison when he was 18 years old. He'd never heard the name Jesus. He's an American. Did you understand that? There are people out there who doesn't know. Now he's a pastor. And so you need to understand that we need to invite people. We need to share the gospel. We need to be able to communicate. And so it's very important that we and I are inviting others. If you're here for the second or the third time, just wave at me. I want to recognize you. All right. Back there, let's give him a big hand. We also get a, blue, a, a card as well. And you can complete that card as well and drop it in the offering bucket when it passes you as well. So we want to be able to know who you are. And you can check the appropriate boxes if you'd like some more information on the church. Praise God. We're going to get ready to sit around the Lord's table. And as we do that, it is reminding you that it is the table of the Lord. It is not living words open Bible table, but it is the table of the Lord. And so as we sit around that, uh, as long as you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are welcome to share with us in Holy Communion. Let me read a passage written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth as he wrote concerning the communion. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak, and many are sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Two things we want to draw your attention to. One, Paul says, but let a man examine himself. And then the Bible reminds us, if we will judge ourselves, God won't have to judge us. I want to I do that and prevent him from judging me. So this morning, can we bow our heads and our hearts before the Lord? Let's go before him. Who knows us? Who knows everything about us? We ask the Holy Spirit to search us this morning. As we 
with his help, examine ourselves. And the wonderful thing is that wherever we come short, God has made a provision through the blood of Jesus for us to be made right with him. So he said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all, thankfully all, unrighteousness. So we give you thanks this morning, God. Thank you for the opportunity to stop, search ourselves. Lord, we find ourselves guilty this morning. We acknowledge that we have sinned against you. In the words that we've spoken, thoughts we've had, attitudes and actions taken, we ask you to forgive us. We ask your forgiveness this morning, oh God. We ask you to apply the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from every sin. We need that forgiveness today. We want to be right with you. We want to be in a right relationship with you, God. So, Lord, cleanse us. Wash us. Make us clean, we pray. Thank you for the blood this morning that washes us white as snow, the blood of Jesus. What a privilege we have, God. Thank you for being that kind of a God that doesn't condemn us. But you're ready and willing to forgive, ready and willing to cleanse, ready and willing to renew the relationship that may have been broken, fellowship may have been broken because of sin, but fellowship can be restored today because we have asked for forgiveness. We thank you for that privilege. We give you praise and glory. I'm going to ask Deacon Philander to ask God's blessing on the emblems. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can gather at your table, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. Father, we pray, your, we pray your blessing, almighty God, on the emblems, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. And the bread, almighty God, that represents your body, Father. As we sit in communion with you, Jesus, may we remember your sacrifice, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. And the juice, almighty God, that represents your blood, almighty God, that you did it one time and one time only. Hallelujah, Father. That we can live with you in perfect harmony, mighty God, because of what Jesus did. May we never forget the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And by his stripes and by the blood of Jesus, our bodies will be healed from everything, almighty God. From sickness, from backaches, 
from pain. Hallelujah, Father. Let us receive what you have stored for us. We bless them now in Jesus' name. As you are served, you want to take both emblems and hold them, and then we'll partake together. So take both, hold, and we'll partake together. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid, bearing all my
holding your hand that is symbolic of his broken body. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. This morning we receive by faith anything that we receive from him. It is according to your faith. Be it unto you. We have the privilege this morning to receive the gift and to receive the blessing of healing in our bodies. As we partake of this, which is symbolic of this broken body, let's eat it together and receive. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. It's a new agreement. He says, As often as you do this, you do so in remembrance of me. What he did for us on the cross. His blood has never lost its power. And it's still available today to do just the same. Let's drink it in remembrance of what he did for us. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood shall never lose its power. For it reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest valley.
Hallelujah. With that, we are ready to worship God with our giving. We're going to invite your ushers to come as we give back to God that which is His. We recognize, as I was praying, Lord, open the windows of heaven. Pour out blessing that we won't have room to contain it. God is faithful. God is faithful. We were talking in Bible study about the importance of when you do, if you've been doing your, your series, 50 Days of Transformation, you'd already covered one of those areas in terms of tithing. We're talking about how important it is that you can't afford not to tithe. You will be holding back yourself financially if you don't. I'm going to ask uh, Deacon Lee to ask God's blessing on the givers and the gifts. Well, let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we take time out in the service now, Lord, to worship you with our giving, oh Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you will touch our hearts and our minds, oh Lord. Help us to give according to what your word says, Lord, knowing that you love a cheerful giver, Lord. And Father, for those among us, Lord, who are not able to give this morning, we pray, Lord, that you will open doors. You'll make a way for them, Lord, so that they too will be able to give. And Father, as we give, we just pray, Lord, that you use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. hands together and welcome the young the warriors are coming with an item of mine to give you a sort of a foretaste of this evening give them a hand as they come
to be so broken lost empty a heart with no beat a singer with no song to sing so I know the feeling the silence is deafening but in your pain lies a blessing Sweet and sour victory. So keep walking, walking, walking. Though it seems so far. No matter who you are, see there's one thing that I know. Life it can leave you so. to me I know you're scared your heart's bleeding but what are you gonna do now I think it's time you break free and keep walking 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 though it seems so far no it doesn't really matter Bitter, bitter, bitter. But you must believe that it gets better. 
Amen. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. You must believe it gets better. Amen. You got to believe. And so today, guess what? We're talking about exactly that. We're talking about moving from being stressed to being blessed. How many people want to be blessed today and not stressed? Amen. Well, welcome again to 50 Days of Transformation. As you come to 50 Days of Transformation, if you have started your group, we'll be getting some good reports from those. Uh, I have a group that has, that's going as well, and that's been a good group. And we've been having some good time, good discussion, and some good truths that are coming out. And uh, if you're not part of a group, you, maybe you can still call and get information to line up, be one of the members in the group somewhere. Because we are trying to make this for everybody. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Several things, good things are happening. During these seven weeks that we're talking about, and uh, we've been looking... And we've been looking at some very, very interesting stories from the Word of God. We've been looking at some of the classics uh, texts from the Bible. Last time we looked at the famous one, the parable of the prodigal son. This week we're going to look at another famous one. We're going to be focusing on Psalm 23. And so this is what we're going to be doing, looking at this, this, this morning. You know, it tells us, the report tells us that Three out of every four American workers describe their work as being stressful. And the problem is not limited just to these shores. Uh, the, in fact, occupational stress has been defined as a global epidemic by the United Nations International Labor Organization. And while the physical effects of this epidemic are often emphasized, I'm not sure if you know the economic consequences that of what stress causes this country. U.S. employers have estimated $200 billion a year it costs this country because of absenteeism, low productivity, staff turnover, workers' compensation, medical insurance, and other stress-related expenses. Considering this, stress management may be businesses most important challenge in the 21st century. Of course, stress is a factor in everyone's life, particularly during major events such as a marriage, divorce, buying a home. But according to a home's RAF life event scale, which rates the level of stress for such events, many of the most stressful events are related to the workplace. When somebody's fired, when there is downsizing, changes in financial status, altered responsibility, transfer to different departments, trouble with the boss, variations in work hours, retirement and vacation issues, all kind of things, these causes stress. And because of that, employees work more today than they did 25 years ago. In fact, if you don't realize it, you are working an equivalent of a 13th month every year because of what is happening in the society. Staff are getting downsized. Do they change the work? Do they minimize the work? What do you say? 
Come on, let me hear you. No. They still give you the same work and sometimes more. And so it is that there is a lot of stress in the society. The physical effects of ex excessive stress has been long recognized. From heart attacks, strokes, to ulcers, gastrointestinal disorders, continual stress also takes toll on the body's immune system, causing frequent colds and other illnesses. Psychologically, stress can lead to depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. It has been observed that a higher stress level makes you more likely to spend unnecessarily. Some people, when they get stressed, says, I'm going shopping. The problem with that is that they shop and they spend what they don't have. So when the bills come, the financial stress, so we just continue the stress cycle. Isn't that amazing? And that happens. You know, a lady by the name of Barb Overton, she was paralyzed by stress. She could barely leave the home. Her marriage wasn't working. Her oldest daughter was ill and out, in and out of the hospital. And Barb had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Ailments, she says, were exacerbated by dealing with the stress in her life. Too sick to work. She had taken a leave of absence from her job as a nurse. In the midst of it, she saw an infomercial that re about relaxation tapes, you know, commercial with relaxation tapes. And she picked up the phone impulsively and just called and bought one of the set for $300. The next morning she woke and she said, what did I do? Items like those tapes and other things are being sold to relieve stress. And can I tell you, the stress industry in order to relieve stress is a 14 billion dollar industry in America today. It is true we spend an awful lot of money on stress in our lives. Stress at its core is simple a threat, real or perceived. Whenever your body feels threatened by something emotional, physical, spiritual, or mental stress responses take place in your body. Your blood pressure goes up. Your pulse quickens. Adrenaline shoots into your body. And all kinds of psychological things occur. But stress is good when you, in, sometimes if you're standing in the road and a truck is coming. Stress gives you the burst of energy to get out pretty fast. So that's a good aspect of stress. But the problem is when stress is chronic. When we get into chronic stress, our bodies cannot shut down. That becomes the problem, why we have these illnesses. Last week, we studied about transforming your spiritual health. Today, we're going to begin with talking about dealing with your physical health. Transforming your physical health. And so we're going to go back to the habits and look at some habits for physical health. And I want you to, this weekend to focus on that. We're going to look at the Bible in Psalm 23. So I'm going to look, put on the overhead with you, and you can read with me that version of Psalm 23. So after two, let's read together. One, two. The Lord is my shepherd, so all I have, I, all I need. 
So I have all I need. He makes me lay down in lush green meadows. And he leads me beside calm, quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this morning, as we prepare to look at that psalm, look how that psalm takes us from being stressed to being blessed. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you care about us. That you're concerned about the stresses in our lives. And that you're concerned about every aspect of our lives. Not just our spiritual health, but you are now concerned about our physical health. In your word says, Beloved, I wish that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So, Father, we ask that you would speak to us today. Holy Spirit, I submit myself to your authority and ask you to guide us and to direct us. Lead us today and teach us your truths. And may you be glorified. May we be edified. And may we make the changes that we need to make. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people says, Amen. Today is one of those days when I'm going to say a lot of ouches. Because it's going to hit me very hard. About the things that I'm going to talk about. Because I'm going to talk about myself, and I'm glad my wife isn't here this morning. Because a lot of those things I am guilty of when it comes to this that we're talking about. As we look at this, oh, geez, somebody said she's here. <laughs> okay. So as we look at this psalm this morning, we want to look at several things, seven things that create stresses in our lives. Seven things that are stressors in our everyday life. Number one, the number one stressor is worry. We worry. We worry more today than we worried years ago. Why? Because first of all, we never had identity theft years ago. Today, people worry about identity theft. We have more things to worry about than we used to have to worry about. My grandparents never worry about losing their cell phone. We have to worry about those things today. We have to worry about your name being on Facebook or something. Or, you, know, some, you know, it's amazing. We have to worry about a lot more things today than we have to worry about. And then the second great stressor is hurry. Hurry. Do you realize we're always in a hurry? We're always in a hurry. When it seems like the world is getting faster and faster. Can you believe that we are in the month of May already? It just, 2017 just began last week. I mean, it's amazing. And so we are in a hurry. Everybody's in a hurry. We want it now. We want it yesterday. You know, when, where does your boss want the work completed? Yesterday. And so it is that we are always in a hurry. We live in a microwave society. Everything must be quick and fast. Nanosecond world. The computer is not fast enough. 
I turn on my phone and it's taking so long to come up. You know, to reach, if I restart it, why is it taking so long? When I go to the stoplight and you know, why, why is this light so long? If you time it, it's only 20 seconds. But it seems like forever. Because everything must move fast and quick and we're hurrying, we're hurrying, we're hurrying. And so hurry is the second one. And the next stressor in our lives is crowds. Crowds everywhere. Did you realize that? The world is becoming a crowded world. In the 1800s, there was only one city in the world with a million people or more, and that was the city of London. Today, there are over 500 cities with more than a million people. The world is becoming crowded. When I moved to West Broward, there was only a two-lane road, one stoplight and no place to shop. 23 years later, it's a 10-lane road, and there are a million places to shop, and the traffic is a jam coming going most of the time. And so we are having a lot of crowd issues. You know, they said last year, Americans wasted 4 billion hours waiting in traffic jams. Can you imagine that? Life used to be rural, but now it is definitely urban. 83% of Americans lives in large cities. And so because of that, we are crowds. We get, we get stressed out. How many people get stressed out driving to work? Come on. You know, isn't that a lot of stress? If you drive on I-95, if you drive on some of those roads, you know it's heavy. Yes, he's waving. There's a lot of stress out there, isn't it? Traffic is heavy. And then the next modern stress, another modern stress for us, would you believe this? Multiple choice. Did you know that the fact that we have so many choices is not as freeing as we think it is? It is more stressful to walk into Baskin Robbins than when I was growing up. You see, when I was growing up, there was ice cream. You didn't ask what flavor. They asked you, did you want ice cream? Today, if you ask one of these children, would you like ice cream? They said, what flavor is it? You walk into Baskin Robbins and you got 25 different choices. And so it becomes stressful. Which one do I pick? Do I want pistachio? Do I want that? Do I want mango, peach, whatever? And I keep looking at all those different things. Choices give us a lot of stress. You would never believe it. And then number five is a loss of privacy. We've lost so there is no privacy anymore. Did you know that? Everybody knows everything about you. This everything about you is on is on is on internet. Did you realize that? All your information is there. All that you thought was private that you gave to them is all there laid out. Somebody can and then, by the way, every time you go on the computer and you're trying to look at everything, did you notice I'm going, I'm calling up Bible Gateway. And lo and behold, Macy's ads are popping up all around me. If I go on and try to go on another site, everything that I bought from Amazon is coming up along the side to remind me these are the things that you bought and, and these are suggested items. Let me tell you, they track you. Would you believe it? They know what toilet paper you use and they know when you run out. I got to tell you, that's how... That's how detail they are today. Believe it or not. You laugh, but it is true. They do know when you run out because they keep track of how many you buy. And they look at everything you've gone to and where you've gone. There is no privacy, my friends. We are fooling ourselves. And so that's a stress for us. And then there's a spirit of lawlessness. Number six, a spirit of lawlessness abound. People do anything. Did you notice I'm trying to drive on the road and the light changes and the person in front of me is not moving. Why? Because they're texting. 
And they don't care that you are behind them. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're behind them, or where you're going. I am texting. You wait on me. And so we have this lawlessness abounds in society. That creates stress and anxiety. And then the final one, number seven, there is the fear of the future. The fear of the future. The what ifs. What if I lose my job? What if this happens? What if that happens? And so we have all these different things and a concern about the future. And so Psalm 23 actually has the answer to all seven of those issues. It does. And so we're going to look at them over the next, I would say, two weeks. Because I'm not going to finish today. And so we're going to look at some of it today and then finish it up next week. It is probably the most beloved psalm in the Bible. It is no accident because it has given comfort to thousands of people, millions of people, over thousands of years actually. And when you dig into the psalm, it has so much in it. Now how many people would like to be healthier today? Anybody? Well, Proverbs 14.30 says this. Peace of mind makes the body healthy. Did you hear that? Peace of mind makes the body healthy. It's not always what you eat. It is also what eats you. So you go figure that out. Man. <laughs> if something is eating you, it's going to low, it's going to increase your stress level, and it's going to. But Psalm 23 provides what it is to lower our stress level and raise our peace of mind. So we're going to look at seven spiritual habits that reduces stress. Seven spiritual habits. So if you came in here today tired. Don't fall asleep on me because of the stress you've been going through. You get weary. Today, you will be happier in church today. And next week, you're going to be here to finish it up because we're going to give you seven spiritual habits that will reduce stress, that will move you from being stressed to being what? Blessed. And so I want that somebody says, I'm too, too blessed to be stressed. Well, they may be saying that, but if you check them out, they really are stressed. So let's actually, do, let's actually focus on how you can become really blessed and not be stressed. Everybody has a handout, right? You do? You have your handout. We're going to give you the fill-in. All right. So the first antidote to stress that is important, write it down, is to look to God to meet all my needs. Look to God to meet all my needs. That's the first thing David said. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, so I have all I need. Hallelujah. David is not lacking in anything. And you look to God to meet all my needs. And when you do that, it calms you down. That's the way I'm going to be not, I'm not going to be disappointed because I'm not going, I'm going to put my trust in God. The single change in your life, this single change of stop looking to other people to meet your needs will make a big difference. Your husband can't meet all your needs. Your wife can't meet all your needs. Your boss can't meet all your needs. To meet your needs, your stress would need to go down dramatically if you recognize that it is God who meets your need. So today I want to say to you, stop putting security in things that you can lose. You see, sometimes people put their security in their job. But guess what happened? People lose their job. And when you lose your job, you're going to lose your peace of mind if your security is in your job. And some people put their security in their marriage. And then problems occur. Some people end up with divorce or, or the spouse dies. And they're going to say, what am I going to do? And so, you know, there raises a level of anxiety. And other people put their security in their money. 
in a lot of ways to lose your money. And I've known a lot of people have lost a lot of money. And now in retirement, they lost money invested in Ponzi schemes that they thought was going to be giving them a lot of money. And it turned out as a big fiasco. As a pastor and friend, I want to recommend to you today, never put your security in anything that can be taken away from you. You should always put your security or find security in something that can never be taken from you. You can lose your job. You can lose your health. You can lose your money. You can lose your reputation. You can lose your spouse. You can even lose your mind. But you cannot lose your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why you need to put your trust in God. And it is he that will meet all your needs. So David says, the Lord is my shepherd. So I shall not want. You know what Romans 8 says? It says, since God did not spare even his own son for us, but gave him up for us, won't he also give us everything else we need? Hallelujah. If God loved us enough to send Jesus to die on the cross, don't you think he loves us enough to take care of us? That's why Jesus says, worry, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow, he says, the sparrow, look at the sparrow the Bible says, and look at the lilies out there. The Bible talks about the lilies, how beautiful they are. You look at the sparrows, how, how, how he feeds them. He says, don't you think you're more worth, you're more valuable than a sparrow? And yet we, but we are warriors, you know that? We worry easily. And we worry about what's going to happen and how things are going to be. So stop looking to other people to meet your needs. Can I tell you that? Because a lot of times people are going to let you down. There, there's no one that could possibly meet all your emotional needs. There's no one who could possibly meet all your physical or mental needs or spiritual needs. So David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. So what is David saying? The first step to stress reduction then is worship. You realize that? Worship. That's the first step to stress reduction. I refocus on God. I stop focusing or expecting other people to meet my needs. And I, and I focus on God. So every time you get stressed out, you need to pause and say, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Say it together with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Yes. And when you say that to yourself and remind yourself that, hey, because the Lord is your shepherd, not the president, not your boss, not this other person, but the Lord is your shepherd. He's the shepherd. And you are the sheep of his pasture. And because of that, he's going to take care of you. He is going to take care of you. He's going to look after you. Once you've laid that foundation that God is the one who's going to be provider of all my needs, then I can relax. Because is God's resources going to run out? Does God have bankruptcy? Does God's economy has a, has a, has a short, a, 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 a downturn? No. God doesn't have recession in his economy. And so it is that you and I can trust God. When the Bible says, but my God shall what? Supply what? All my needs according to what? His riches where? In glory. He has it. He has, you remember, the earth is the Lord's and the, he owns everything. Let me tell you, God can move things around. Can I tell you that? He can shift resources from one pocket to the next. 
Oh, he can. And you've got to be able to believe God. And you've got to believe God. That's why that's what we're saying. You've got to believe it's going to get better. God's going to take care of you. He's not going to abandon you. And whatever you, wherever you are this morning, you need to be reminded of that. Amen? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall have all I need. Amen. Now, number two. The second thing we need to find out is that David, when you go to the next verse, David says, He makes me lay down in lush green pastures. What do you, here's your feeling. For, for number two, your feeling is, I need to obey God's instruction about rest. I need to obey God's instruction about rest. I told you that we're always in a hurry. We're always working, working too much sometimes, always feeling like we can't catch up. Anybody ever feel like you can't catch up? Right now, I have a lot of unread emails in my, on, my, on my computer, and I have thousands in the inbox. Guess what? I'll never be able to catch up. I'll never be able to catch up to those, all those emails. And so I don't want to lose sleepless nights saying I'm going to stay up to catch you with you all my emails. We got to let some things go. You know, why did God, we need some rest. Isn't that true? You know, God could have created that we didn't have rest. Did you know that? He didn't make our body so that you don't have rest. In fact, God modeled rest for us. Didn't the Bible say that? And after he had created everything, and on the seventh day, God what? God rested. And so rest is important. You know, even though you may have 60, 70, or 100 years on this side of the fence, you realize that God, the Bible said, we are told by study that one-third of our time is spent sleeping. Well, maybe this man who, who does, I heard about this man who says, thank God for day to rest and night to sleep. Well, that's a little bit more than is needed. Um, that's not quite all of what God is saying. We got to do some work, amen? But we get overworked sometimes. And the Bible is trying to teach us the importance of rest. Rest is important. We get tired. And God expects us to rest. The Bible is filled with instruction about rest and re relaxation. It is important that that's why he included in the Sabbath day. To keep it holy. And then the Bible says, in, in, it tells us in the gospel, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, God said, I created this idea so you can take a day off every seven days. Someday for you to, so you can rest and, re, and uh, relax and worship me and restore. Now I'm preaching to myself. Even on their day off, we are working. And a lot of people, even, even if they come to church and that's their Sabbath, they leave from church and go to catch up with all they didn't catch up to during the week. Hello? That's why we don't see you Sunday evenings, isn't it? I've been wondering what you've been doing. I heard you're catching up on what you didn't catch up during the week. You're breaking your Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day of rest. Do you know the Bible really wants us to take a day off? God has designed our bodies to take time off. And if you keep going and keep going and keep going, you're violating God's word. You know what's going to happen to the body? Here's what David says. He makes me to lie down. Anybody has ever made you lie down? Has God ever made you take some rest that you didn't want to take rest? 
Oh, yes. When we don't want to take any rest, there's a point at which God says, you know what? This body needs rest. And if this body is going to bring me glory, and this body is going to bring honor to me, I can't let you destroy it. So I'm going to, I'm going to mandate, and even though you're not volunteering, I'm going to nominate you as a volunteer for some rest. You don't want God to nominate you as a volunteer for some rest. Amen? We need to start learning to take some rest. And so when we talk about the Sabbath, we need to slow down. Amen? Slow down. Take some rest. Take some time off. Every seventh day, God expects us to rest. My wife reminds me that even the ground, when they were planting, every seventh year, God says that soil needs to take a year off. Hello. The soil needs to take a year off. The earth needs to take a year off. Guess what you and I are made of? You forget? Earth. Hello? We still need to take a time off. There needs to be some time off. We need to get some rest. And so we got to take some rest and relax and recuperate. We don't want to got God cause us to get some rest by ourselves. Getting enough sleep is essential for stress management. Write this down. My best requires rest. You know, sometimes people feel guilty about taking time off. They feel guilty when they're relaxing. Oh, I'm wasting time. I got the clothes to, to fold. I could be doing this. I could be doing that. You know, we put ourselves on a lot of guilt trip about all the other things that we could be doing and we should be doing. You need to what? Rest. Turn to the person and tell them, you need to take some rest. Tell somebody. Somebody needs to hear it this morning. You need to get some rest. Hello. <laughs> Amen. Now here is what, listen to what Exodus 34, 21 says. Listen to what it says. Even during plowing and harvest times, work only six days and rest on the seventh. Can you imagine? It says even when you have busy time, tax time, and tax accountant says, I can't take any break because it's tax time. Hey, you still need some rest. You do tax accountants. You need some rest. Amen? All of us need what? Rest. We need rest. We have to start, we have to recognize. You know, sometimes you think that if you don't do certain things, everything is going to stop. Can you, can you realize what happens when you're sick? It still goes on. You know, the world still keeps going on after you're sick. I found that out. <laughs> the world doesn't stop when you and I get sick. Guess what? Things keep going. But sometimes it looks like, boy, I can't afford to be sick. Or I can't afford to take a break. But we do need to take the break, you know. We gotta need some rest. God didn't wire make this body that it keeps going like that. We're supposed to take our Sabbath. And in our Sabbath, here are three things we need to do. We need to rest our bodies. Physically rest. We need to refocus my spirit. It's what I need to do on myself. Refocus my spirit. Give my spirit some time to refocus on God and just relax and not um, 
be overstressed. Recharge my emotions. And so different people do different things to recharge their emotions. Some people have a sport. Some people go in the garden. They're in the garden. When you go in the garden, they relax. As they're working around their plants, weeding and trimming and doing those different things. So it's, it's relaxing to some people just to be in the garden. For some people, it's playing sport. My wife says when we play dominoes, it's con somebody says it's contact sport. Double four. You know, she says, you don't see how you guys rest that way. But somehow it re-energizes re me when I give somebody a sixth love. <laughs> it does. Especially somebody who challenges me. So, well, we don't know. But there are other ways to rest as well, amen? But the point of the matter, whatever makes you restful, whatever you do. You know, during the French Revolution... The French government canceled the Sabbath and said every day is going to be a work day. You know what happened? They eventually, years off, a couple of years later, they had to reinstate the Sabbath because people were dying from overwork. Our bodies need rest. I heard about a guy who said to his pastor, Pastor, I try to get hold of you all day on Monday. Pastor says, I'm sorry, that's my day off. The man says, the devil never takes a day off. And the pastor says, yes, if I didn't, I would be just like him. <laughs> so, you know, we got to take day off too, amen? We need a rest. We need to break. We need that break. And then number three is, the third thing you need to do is, for reduce your stress, is... We need to recharge my soul with beauty. That's what, uh, that's what uh, um, David said. He says, he makes me to lie down where? In what? Lush green meadows. Beauty is an incredibly important thing in stress management. Beauty inspires. Beauty encourages. Beauty motivates. Beauty stirs up positive emotions. I've heard about those people telling me about the Alaskan trip. That you don't want to go to Alaska in July. And they see the beauty of the glaciers and how wonderful it is. Have you ever seen some beautiful mountains? And there's some beautiful places around. Did you notice that? Did you notice how God creates a lot of beauty? Beautiful flowers and stuff that he creates. And if you ever try, if you ever went on in the ocean and went into a glass bottom boat and they took you out, way out into, into the deep, and you look down and you see. The beauty below in the ocean, the different color fishes and all kinds of things that are below there. It's an amazing world. God is a God of beauty. And beauty refreshes you. Did you know that we were made to live in a garden? Where did God put us when he made us? In a garden. And then where do we go to live? Skyscrapers. Concrete jungles. When you want to think of stress, you think of downtown Manhattan. If I mention downtown Manhattan, you're just stressful right away. So I'm going to relieve your stress in a little moment. I'm going to take you to some more de-stressing places. Amen? And so, so you need to see some places that you don't have to stress. He says into what? Lush meadows. When you look at a picture, doesn't it begin to relieve your stress? And then you look at that mountain. Oh, 
What a wow. That's God's creation. Ain't beautiful? And he's the one, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a lover of beauty. And you, you think, and then I'm going to take you to a nice place where, you know, there's bubbling water and you can refresh yourself. You know that, you see that place? That's a beautiful place. That's where I came from. Um, that's my hometown, actually. That's in my parish, by the way. That's what I miss. That's where I should be right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, we're taking you there. It's a stress reliever, isn't it? It reduces your stress. Aren't you glad you're in church today? You're going to leave without stress today. Did you see that? It's designed for you to leave today without your stress. You're going to leave them here. And so God creates beauty for us so that we don't have to be stressful. That's why it's important for you to get outside every day. You need to get out of, your, get out of those high-rise offices buildings. Come out and walk and go find some green grass somewhere. Go look at something green, somewhere pleasant. Get out every day. Start your day with God, not with the media. Don't, don't, talk, don't take up your phone and start looking at the text. Or reading text messages or other things or your emails. Start your day with God. Put on some worship music. Listening to them in your radios, your travel. Intentionally put beauty around you. That's why if you come into our conference room, you, those of you, if you come and take a look, you'll see one, one long wall is a whole beautiful beach scene with a lot of water. I told her I want to see a lot of water. So every day I'm, I'm, I'm at the beach, you know. Every day I go in and I sit and I can look. And uh, there is the beautiful beach, and there is a man doing his boat, sailing by, and there are birds in the sky flying, and, you know, the water is there, and there's an empty boat waiting for me to get right in with its oar. And, um, and then other times I go over to the original center, and I said, I'm going to go for a walk in the park, as I look at that mural on the side. I just walk up to it. You know, it's so beautiful. I feel like I'm going to take a walk straight through the wall and go right to, into that park. Beautiful. Beauty relaxes you. You need beauty around you. And so we need to be able to reduce our stress. Amen? All right. And then finally, today, the next thing we need to do is to go to God for guidance. What, 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 what does David say? He guides me in the right path. You know, the important, this is important because a common source of stress in life is indecision. Indecision. Some of you right now are under stress because you're trying to figure out what you need to do. You're being stressed about the decision you need to make. You're not sure whether you should go in or come out. You're not sure what you should be doing about this or that. And it's causing you stress. Well, I want to remind you this morning that, you know, I recommend to you that you need to make God the number one source for guidance. God is your source. Not the opinions of your friends. Not some pundit on television. or, But God should be your person for your go for guidance. So what do I do? I say, God, I need wisdom. And what James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and he gives him freely and upbraideth not. So God's going to give you freely. And God's not going to condemn you. He's not going to criticize you. So you say you ask God for wisdom. You ask God to guide you and direct you. Because 
in indecision creates stress. Here's a little story about how God puts you back on the right path. This lady says, my daughter Ali and I were trying to squeeze in a three-mile walk jog before nightfall. So we picked up the pace. As we hurried down the last hill at Otis Golf Course in Bedford, Indiana, the sun dropped below the horizon and it grew immediately darker. Then out in front of us, something crossed the road. I was just about to ask Ali what it was since she was a bit in front of me. But before I could speak, she said, look, a kitty looks like Marmar. Michelle's cat was named Marmar. And she thought it was the cat. With that, Ali ran after the kitty that was now nestled in some tall grass on the side of the road. Just as Ali was about to reach down to pet the pretty cat, we both realized it wasn't kitty at all. It was a skunk. Ali retreated just in time to avoid the wrath of the scared skunk. And we finished our walk and jog in a full sprint. Though the skunk did resemble Marmar, we discovered an important lesson that night. Things are not always as they appear. So many times in life, I have acted impulsively on what I thought looked good. Only to have it turn out just the opposite. I run toward it with great enthusiasm and expectation, only to be perturbed to realize it wasn't what I was thinking. And she says, I bet you two have done that. Just, just how many of us are wired. If you're like me, she says, you often leap before you look. Proceed before you pray. Say yes before you're sure. But here's the good news. God created us. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so he has made provision for those of us who choose to chase after kitties that turn out to be skunks. And he watches over us. Every time I leapt before I really looked, he has been there. He always knows where I am. He always puts me on back on the right track as I ask him for guidance. And she says, I love Psalm 139, what it says. Lord, you have examined me and you know all about me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You know my thoughts before I think them. You know where I go and where I lie down. You know everything I do. Isn't that comforting? And it's a reassuring as well. It's another way of saying, don't worry. Even if you step out in the wrong direction, you can ask God, God, I am sorry, I need your guidance. And so today what we're saying to you is David says he guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. God is the one we need to go to for guidance. Don't pull out the horoscope. It's not going to give you guidance. What does today's horoscope says? Oh, I'm an Aryan. It doesn't matter. The Bible has the proper guidance for you. God is the one to guide you. He knows the way. And can I tell you what? He'll make a way. Stand together with me this morning. Maybe somebody need God to make a way for them today.
God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to his side. With all the strength for me today, he will make a way. He will make a way. One more time for somebody this morning. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, He will make a way. He will make a way. One more time for somebody else today. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. just lift your hands as I pray. Father, you see the hands of those that are upraised right now that says, Lord, I need you to make a way for me. I need guidance. I need direction, God. I need to make the right decisions, God. There are things that I'm not sure where to go, what to do right now, but you're all wise. And we take the advice of David that says he leads me into paths that are good for me. He leads me to the right paths for his name's sake. So today, God, we pray for each person that needs a way to be made to them today. Somebody that is troubled about what's going to happen. They're worried about what is next. But today you can comfort and strengthen as they look to you as the way maker. Look to you as the one that will guide and order their steps and direct their path. Because your word says in all our ways acknowledge you and you shall direct our path. We pray for that one who has never made a decision for Christ. That today they would say, you know what, Lord, I need you to make you my Lord and Savior. I need to make you the one that I go to, not other sources. I've been looking at other sources. I've been running to other places. But today, I'm coming to you. You are my guider. You are my guide. You are my teacher. You're the one I look to for guidance today, God. I turn completely to you. I look to you fully for direction, for opening the way for me, for making the way for me. 
So to Lord, we give you thanks for what you're doing right now and for what you're going to do in the lives of your people. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. If you look at the back, our first-time guests, we will see or Sister Gail will escort you to our hospitality suite to refresh before you leave. Our first-time guests, and those invited them, we want to encourage you to go along with them as well. When we dismiss you, we want to remind you that this evening, young people have their very special concert. We're able to get your tickets on the outside for $5 still. Also, for those of you with sponsors for the magazine, you want to be able to pick up your magazine with, for your sponsor along with the thank you letter on the outside. We look forward to seeing you back this evening. Look forward to seeing you back on Tuesday as well. When we have our Bible study time. We're continuing our 50 days of transformation in Bible study. For those of you that have been missing out on the groups, this is a great time for you to catch in. And for those of you that have been in your groups, it's a great refresher and another time to refresh so you can hear again because we want you to get it. Don't forget to be writing your goals. It's important that you write a goal in your book, what it is that you're doing. Amen? Let's raise our hand as we pronounce the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. You can dismiss your various classes. God will make a way where there seems to be no way.